Hey, Hoopheads. Once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kenneth Wilson. Welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Yeah, yeah. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Well, before we begin, Kenneth, you know we always start this show off with a question. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. Always here to talk some Miami Heat ball. Always glad. Yeah, always glad to talk Miami Heat ball with you as well. So the Heat went 2-1. and one, Well, 2-2. Two and two. Um, counting the the Cavs, the Cavs win, the Cavs loss. Excuse me, earlier in the week. So two and two on the week, with wins against the Sixers and the Magic, and losses against the aforementioned Cleveland Cavaliers. And tonight, against the Detroit Pistons, we're coming at you live on Sunday, December nineteenth, right after the Pistons game. Uh, since it's fresh on our minds, let's talk about the Pistons game, and then we'll touch on the other games. Uh, just a. Uh, all I, all I can say is just that the offense disappeared. Duncan Robinson, he gave us like he gave us nothing. I'm not gonna beat the Duncan drum. Drum is just gonna. I'm just saying what that's what happened. He didn't give us. Base. He didn't give us anything basically. So yeah, Max Strews, another good scoring game from him, and the, but the three pointer was abysmal for both teams. The Pistons shot 25% from deep. They made eight three pointers, and they tried. Their hardest at the end to give away the game. Kate Cunningham shoot inexplicably shooting the ball surly in the shot clock and earning an offensive foul and fouling out consequently from that offensive foul. Absolutely. And then, he has a ton of growing up to do. To your point, um, on the 25% overall shooting, they were shooting 10% from deep at half. 10.5%, yeah. bro. 10.5%. But continue. And... In the end, two of those eight three pointers came from Sadiq Bay. Just absolutely, just they were just backbreakers. Like Sadiq Bay had two at the end that were backbreakers, the back to back, and then Sadiq Bay, I want to say, created a look for Killian Hayes off a dribble handoff that also acted as a screen to free him up for a look where he just absolutely broke our backs, and that was right that was, after Sadiq Bay had made two in a row. Yep, that was game, basically. The, that that was it because afterwards, the Heat just they just couldn't get past their offensive struggles. And in other Heat news, PJ Tucker left the game with a knee injury and did not return. So that's what. No, I I've lost count of how many guys were missing. Of course, we don't make excuses around here, but it's tough. Yeah, man. So many guys down, out. Jimmy, Bam, Keith, Caleb. Caleb, so that's four. Um, Tyler was a health was an active scratch. They called it tonight, so that's five. Um, no Vic, this, yeah, no, no Vic, no Vic. But he hasn't played all year, so I won't even count him. But I mean, it's just again, man, we we have enough. So these aren't excuses. This is the you know the literal actuality of it. We were missing a lot, and we lost PJ um, heading down the stretch. But for me, man, and we talked about it prior to the. You know, in our small pre-show discussion, discussion before this episode, 
Um, this loss really doesn't haunt me as much because of how the previous, you know, couple of games have went without these guys. And for this reason here, um, the Miami Heat as a team shot 21 of 33 from the free throw line. That's 63.6%. That means they left 12 points out there on the table. I'm not saying be perfect. Okay, everybody makes a mistake. Let's say if you only make nine or ten of those, then that's nine or ten extra points and you lose the game by ten. You also have to, you know, be fair and only say that at that point, if you're nine or ten, you're tied or up by one coming down the stretch. Because, you know, if you're making those buckets, game flow changes, you can't outright say that they score all of the points that they score in that particular floor of the game. But needless to say, if you make nine of the 12 free throws that you missed in this game, you probably win the game. Probably. Like like you like you often say, make your free ones. They're literally free. They're That's literally free, free bro. Easiest shot in the game. But, yeah, the Heat did not make them. And Kyle Lowry was having a pretty rough scoring game until he took over late. And then, but then we... Listen, on, on nights like the, like these, when when you're missing too many guys, you just the margin of error is so is so small because you need Duncan to be on his game, you need Kyle to be on his game, everybody needs to be on their games, and if one of those pieces is not on their games, then we're I don't want to say we're toast, but it becomes so much more difficult for us to win unless another person just goes supernova. Um, positive developments. Um. Yurt got an got a pretty nice run in the first half, and he grabbed. He was grabbing every single rebound. Mm, still very slow on the def- slow footed on defense. Oftentimes, when they were transitioning back on defense, he was like the last man getting there. But you know, he's a big guy. He's not very fast or so whatever. Marcus Garrett got 18 minutes. He made his first career three pointer, and I think he made his first career bucket. If, if I'm not mistaken. So, congrats to him. Ended up with five points. Max Drews, 24. He was making his three-pointers and all. Gabe Benson kind of cooled off. He had a pretty nice start to the game and then so just didn't do much else for the rest of the game. It was Max Drews from there on out. And then in the end, it was Kyle Lowry. Really weird game. Um, I... The Pistons, they it wasn't like they played, like they played like uh, I don't know, like the Harlem Globetrotters. They were just, they were just really bad. We were just worse. So, yeah. And even then, in the end, we free throws, they, man, free throws. When you're down a lot of guys and you're not making shots, you have to do the fundamentals really well. You know what I mean? If you're not making shots, but you just do the basics good, you just do the fundamentals fundamentally well, then you should still win this game against the Pistons team. So again, it's nothing to like, you know what I mean? Nothing to, you know, doomsday over. You hate that you lost this game. But again, after the, and we'll get to that as we move on. We've, you know, had a couple of great wins over the last couple of days or whatever in the way that we've gotten them done. So, you know, you look at us beating the Bucks last week. You look at us beating the Bulls last week. We lost to the Cavaliers, turn around, beat the Sixers, then also beat the Magic. Um, on Friday, you know, we've had some good wins. So although you you hate to lose any game, this isn't the worst loss in the world considering the circumstances and also considering, man, if you just do 
your thing as best or pretty good to your ability, then you still should win this game. But again, we're on crowd for spill milk. We'll see them next Thursday, and they're going to wish they hadn't beat us. I promise you. Oh, yeah. Also, about three fans got thrown out of the game on separate occasions. That was really weird. Learn how to win with some class, man. Learn how to win with... I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I don't know what happened there. Hopefully nothing too bad happened. But. Yeah, it, it, it seemed to come out of nowhere, man. You'd imagine that they were just talking to Heat guys, though, because I didn't see anything um, really dramatic that caused it. You know what I mean? Like I They were probably just this. saying... They were just probably saying out-of-pocket shit. Right, and exactly. Ref- but, I'll, but I'll speak to this. Remember when Jimmy um, was at... Remember when we were in Minnesota and Jimmy was literally talking to people on the sideline, like leaned over in the crowd almost talking to guys in those first-row seats. So it wasn't even anything of that nature. Like I said, it just kind of came out of nowhere. But yeah, they, they, they got rid of them with the quickness. Yeah, so... But of course, you, you also have an extra air of caution. And, and again, this is not me putting anything on anything. This is me just using logic. In Detroit, you know what I mean? They're going to be proactive about those situations, if you oh, know what I mean. They got the, they got the stain already. They, They'll never wash that off. You know what I mean? And, but they yeah. never want to leave room for anything like that to ever happen again. So if anybody's going to be more aggressive with a quick trigger on things like that, it's going to be Detroit. Yeah. So, all, all that aside, let's talk about John Crotty. He wasn't on the floor tonight. No, it hasn't been for a couple of years. But the Crotty situation, I, God, I lost count of how many times he said situation. I think it was tonight was worse than ever. Oh, yeah. I think I, he said... He said situation four times within a one minute span one time, and I re- and and I, all I could do is think about you. <laughs> it, it was the isolation situation. That was that was the perf- That was the best one. Isolation situation. Literally, like John Crowley's got bars. They were isolation situations, rebounding situations, shot clock situations, <laughs> double team situations, full court press situations. This is an after timeout situation. That situation. This situation. This is quite a situation all around. Oh, let's not let's not forget the actions, like dribble, hand, like dribble handoff action. Of course, that's in the common word. Little dribble action, shot action, whatever. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's always an action with Crotty. I mean, Crotty's an action word guy. If it's not an action, it's a situation. And let's not forget, he'll throw in, you know, he'll throw in a little slot. A little sly remark every now and again. A little subtle innuendo, as we like to say. <laughs> Although, well, there was no backhanded slander from Eric Reed tonight. But you I know, disagree. Eric I, dis- I disagree. Early in <laughs> well, the game, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't catch it then. And I was about to say, I noted it early in the game. Um, for Garza's first appearance, E. Reed was like, and Garza in his last appearance said. Seven points and five fouls in seventeen minutes. <laughs> I love when Eric Reed just randomly roasts someone. Absolutely, because like, there was very a moment, casually. There was a moment in that last game where I think guys are fouled like three times within a three-minute stance. Yeah. Well, I, I was gonna make a an inappropriate comment about Luca Garza's face, but it, you know what? Don't Let's leave that. it on the. Don't do that! Don't do that! <laughs> Anyway, let's go back in time to positive times. Let's go back to the ma- the win over the Magic on Friday. 
115 to 105. That was a Max Truce game. You know what, Kenneth? The floor is yours. Um, I, I, I will say it like this. It was it wasn't just a big Max game. It was a as I uh, as I it was the Max it, game. Well, I will say this. I want to say that you know, if anybody wants to agree with you, JJ, and give Big Max all of the credit, it's me. But this is the way I framed it in the post game piece for allyoucanheat.com, which you can check me out every day for all of your heat written needs, content needs, commentary, news, anything of that nature. Just check us out again. It's allyoucanheat.com. Um, check them out, y'all. Absolutely. The way I framed it there, bro, was the Miami Heat's developmental system was the big winner against the Magic on Friday. And you had two guys, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, who not only were the Heat's three-point shooting, but they were their scoring. Between those two guys, they went 21 of 35 from the field, 12 of 22 from three, and all for 59 points between the two of them. I mean, never mind that they added five dimes and nine boards between the two of them. So between the two of them, again, just for clarity, they went 21 of 35 from the field. They went 12 of 22 from three, and they combined for 59 points, five dimes, and nine boards. That's Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, two undrafted guys that other teams had a chance to get their hands on, but like every other, well, I won't say every other, but like a lot of other guys in the league slipped through their cracks, the cracks of their fingers, and landed on Pat Riley's desk, and he's proceeded to show the rest of the league how dumb you are. But yeah, man, that was the story of Friday's game. Two Heat gems, yeah. you know, a la Kendrick Nunn, a la Duncan Robinson, a la Tyler Johnson before we gave him the deer. A la Derrick Jones Jr. after the Suns had him in their system for years and couldn't find a role for him. A la a lot of other guys. A la like Omer Yersevin's gonna be. I mean, the Heat just do this. And Friday was a shining example of it. Those two guys were the reason we won. Big Max, Struce Nukem, Gabriel is what I call him when he's shooting like that. Um, they were the reason for the win. Yeah, I think, well, it- it's been a while for after the game, but yeah, that's the big takeaway from there. Max Drews and Gabe Benson. Gabe Benson have his second big game in a row, coming off a strong performance against the the Philadelphia 76ers. Absolutely. P.J. Tucker chipped in with 15 points. <laughs> Man, now I'm so bummed out about P.J.'s injury. But yeah. listen, here here are some guys that that the Magic had on the floor at one point in time. Now, I want you to tell me if you've ever heard of these guys. Again, no disrespect to them. Good good for them to get some NBA action. But it's so rare, at least in my case, that I don't know who that is on the floor. And it was just bizarre to see. Have you ever heard of Hassani Gravit? I have. But I know what the point you're getting at. Only reason I know him is because I caught a random South Carolina game a year or so ago. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Michael Michael Mulder? Oh, God, I can't even say okay. his last name. I've totally heard of him, too, because he played for the Warriors, but only after he had played for us for a couple of games. So you should know who he is, but I completely understand that, too. I know Admiral Schofield because I'm an avid college guy, went to Tennessee, played for the Wizards for a long time. But your point is well made because when you get to Johnson, when you get to Ford, 
when you get to you know the rest of those guys i don't know who the hell they are no you know good for them for getting some nba action under their on their resumes but mm, pretty tough for the magic ne and, needless to say they'll be back in lakeland by next week this time yeah at least they got some they got some i hope they got some good checks out of out of that game Oh, absolutely. You know they got a good game check. Even if it's, you know, a minimal, you know what I mean, minimal type situation. You know what I'm saying? Hey. You imagine. Go ahead. Hey, that's a, there's right. a karate again. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that it was at least, you know, 10, 15, 20 racks for a game. I mean, you'd think it was at least that. Um, but if you do want to go one non-heat takeaway from that game, And this isn't that, but we try to be well-versed and we're also compassionate people. It sucked to see Wendell Carter go down in that game with the knee situation, oh, yeah. back to my karate, um, with the knee scenario there, because he's had those knee problems for a while. So you hope that he's all right, because the way it happened didn't look good. And he, he was he's playing well. He was playing well for the, for the Magic. Absolutely. One of their best players outside of Franz Wagner, who's yeah. probably their best young player. Shout out to Franz Wagner. Oh, Balling yeah. He's a, rookie season. he's a baller. He's a baller. 6'10", can do everything. Think peak Chandler Parsons. Before Chandler Parsons starts stealing, start stealing money, he was a beast. <laughs> I mean, he was a flat-out beast. And Wagner has a lot of that to him, but he's a little bigger and maybe even a little more versatile because his handle and his ability to make plays is already as tight as Parsons got once he started stealing all that money. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're making that comp, I hope that Franz Wagner's agents has got hopes that that John Hollinger gets another NBA job because that's going to be that's going to be good for for Wagner's future. For those who don't know, John Hollinger was the Grizzlies GM uh, when he gave that insane contract to Ch Chandler Parsons. You mean when Chandler Parsons walked out of the Grizzlies building and asked his agent, what the hell is wrong with this dude? <laughs> it was probably one of those crazy, like, listen, well, we're not going to get into that analytics slippery slope because NFL Twitter has been, NFL, NFL Twitter has been kind of insufferable the past few days with the analytics shit. But, you know, Hollinger is one of the pro big proponents of analytics and all. He's got these models that he uses in, in his athletic articles. So I guess... One of those, I mean, shit, this was the same guy that using that same model, he had Hassan White set at 20-something million, which was insane. Absolutely. So, I mean, because, and, and just to add brevity to your, or add reference to your conversation or whatever, um, it's the conversation I have with you all the time, JJ, and, like, why I know that numbers matter, analytics or numbers without context are meritless, Because the, the reference you're talking about, and again, this is an NBA podcast, but we're renaissance men here and we enjoy all sports. So just to give you a quick thing, in Thursday night's game with the Chargers and the Chiefs, the Chargers went for it on the goal line, fourth and goal several times and didn't convert any of them and end up losing the game when those field goals that they passed up would have likely won them the game. But the analytics said go for it every time well any fool can tell you that you kick at least half of those field goals you give yourself a shot you don't completely shoot yourself in the foot even if you're going to take a chance and follow the analytics 
So again, man, like we say in basketball, any sport, and like I've said here, numbers without context are meritless. And in that situation, it's the same thing. Yeah. So no, that wasn't. No, that wasn't without a getting the word situation was totally <laughs> applicable there. Just so without you know. getting without getting too much into that debate because that's a whole that's a whole other issue there really and in basketball that's been going on for years. Like, debate, like man, the, it's just the classic case of coaches saying we're going to do it my way as opposed to doing it the right way. Because Staley just ain't want to come out and say I was wrong. But again, let's get back to basketball. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was that was enough NFL talk for. Hey, look, a man, while, look, <laughs> I'm a Renaissance man, brother, and if you're making a good point, I'm gonna finish the point because you made a good point. When you're talking about Hollinger, you gotta bring up an example where the analytics are just poo, and Hollinger has found himself in a lot of those situations on his own accord. It just, you know, that's the one that's trending. So I applaud you, but I'm not just gonna let you throw me a lob and I don't dunk it. I'm Dwayne oh, Devin. I dropped the motor. I thought you were LeBron to my weight, so. Well, either way, I was just going with a current reference, but that one too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, man, I'll, I'll always have my head in with those with those big three teams. So, anyway, my stance on the, on the analytics thing is analytics can be very helpful if you if you use it in the right way, and the number and I always go back to what Seth Partnow told us in SBC. The numbers don't say you say you would. You can interpret the numbers in a in a myriad of different different ways, but it's up to you how to use them. Like right. the the fourth down thing, yeah, maybe maybe his his justification for it was, hey, Patrick Mahomes is on the other side, so we're we most likely won't be able to stop him, so we gotta go for six every time. I understand that that reasoning, but in some occasions, sometimes you just gotta kick the ball. But I'm not a football coach. I'm not a I haven't I haven't played football in my life. So let's end that right there. Going back to the Philly game on Wednesday, December 15th. Well, Miami Heat won 101 to 96. The Gabe Benson game. Kenneth, you gotta give me this one at least. Absolutely, man. I mean, Gabriel Namdi Vincent. Um, I don't know who this guy is in the last week or so. Um, it's almost like when Duncan got his check, Gabe got the statement. Because Gabe has been basically screaming for the last week, Pat going to have to give me some money. I mean, when you look at what he did against Philly. Pat or somebody else. I mean, listen, I don't know. Hopefully us. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if you can let him walk if you're Pat. I don't know because of not only the fact that he's showing you that he could be a good two-way backup for you, but he's extra shooting. And that's a premium in today's NBA. So when you got a guy who's going to be a good backup rotational piece, but who's also shown you that he can be an above-average shooter, that's tough to let walk, bro. That's why Fournier got all that money. Now, the Knicks might be regretting it, but that's why Fournier got the money, and I told you he would. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that that the only thing that had to come around for Vincent was the shooting. Right. And we always thought that it would come around because his form and everything was. Well, even the shots themselves, man, the go in and come right out variety. Not just that they look good, but they actually look good. He just had the worst luck. Yeah, and they're finally starting to go in, and he's shooting it with so much confidence. Like, Oh, yeah. Tonight, tonight, I, like, tonight's game, again, the loss against the Pistons, he was, there were some shots where I was like, he wouldn't 
have even dared take Bro, that type I of shot it. a month ago. How green is his light right now? Like step back, click clacks on Isaiah. Um, uh, he pulled up one in transition five feet behind the line. I mean, he missed it, but you love the confidence because a lot of them are falling. Yeah, a month ago, he wouldn't have shot that. He would have he would have just got the ball, ball up. Absolutely. He would have kept moving the rock around. But again, when you look at his stat line from the game against Philly, 26 points, two rebounds, three assists, seven of 12 from deep, eight of 16 from the field. And the go-ahead bucket. I mean, and confidently stepping up, knocking down the go-ahead three-pointer off of an offensive rebound with a guy running out at him that likely fouled him. And this is after a possession where the referee screwed us, tricked it off, because Cal Laurie had the ball brushed no, that away. No, the, that was the possession afterwards. Oh, that was the final possession? I thought that the shot came before that. No, I mean, I like thought the, the sh- shot came after that. No, the shot came before that because I remember specifically that Joel Embiid shot a three, but the Sixers still had a chance. I believe you, but I'm going to check the game, Cass. Go ahead. The Sixers still had a chance. And what the thing happened with with Kyle Lowry and and the ball, Vincent recovered the ball, but he kind of stepped out. It was a tough call, really, in real time, and they didn't check it. So... You're right. No, you're right. I'm looking at the game cast. It says Gabe, Gabe made a 27-foot three with 39 seconds left to put us up 99-96. And then it says the Cal Lori backcourt because what happened was the defender knocked it away from Cal and in the process of going back to try to get the ball, the ball never crossed. Gabe is the one that actually got the rock. But when he got the rock, his foot was kind of segmenting the half-court line, which theoretically would make it backcourt if the Heat had lost the ball on that on a court. But when the defender deflects the ball, that's not supposed to count as a backcourt, which is what I was referencing. But you were right. The shot happened prior to. Yeah, and then in that position that got waved off, like it, the shot clock was winding down and gave us a shot almost from half-court and he made it. But it didn't count because of the half court violation. Absolutely, absolutely. That would have been a screamer. Part of that. Yep. That I mean, would have been like this, that would have set Heat to their own fire, really. Absolutely, but I mean, you still gave mad respect because he showed the fortitude, the mental acuity, the coconuts. To step up and hit that shot when we needed the, the most. The cojones, like, like we like to say down here. Absolutely, the cojones, man. I mean, 101-96 was the final score. Um, big win for the Miami Heat. When, excuse me, when the Philadelphia 76ers were pretty much as whole as they've been this year. Ben Simmons hasn't played all year, so you don't count him. They did have Tobias Harris. They did have Tyrese Maxey, who went off in the second half. Joel oh, Tyrese Maxey, they got a good one there. Oh, absolutely. Tyrese Max is going to be a beast. There was this one move where he hit the lane, crossed over, and looked like he wanted to go up and throw it down. I was so glad that Miami Heat got fouled him because that might have set him on a tear where we couldn't have beat him. But um, Joel Embiid looked like he was about to go on to have a massive game. I think he had something like 14 points and eight boards in the first half, and he only went on to have like... Uh, 17 only, and 14, which, which is still a good stat line, but... It's not, not a, like... Right, it's not as dominant as it should have been based on what he did in the first half. Yeah, good, good job by the Heat, and sometimes I I thought that Joel Embiid kind of settled 
on a Absolutely, lot of but but I'm gonna tell you something. You look at that game and what we were able to do to him, right? And then you turn around and you look at the following night. Again, mm-hmm. this is not against us, but just you know, for conversation's sake, relative to what he could have did. He turned around the following night and gave Brooklyn 32 points, nine rebounds, six assists on 11 of 20 from the field, and one of three from three. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I there mean, you go. You can only keep you, you can only keep him down for so long. That's Joel Embiid. Absolutely. So that's why I'm giving the Heat credit. They did it. Yeah. So good win right there. Let's quickly preview the upcoming week. This week, we survived. That's what we have been hoping that this team could do with the absence of its stars. Survive and take care of business against the bad teams. Steal a game here and there against some good teams. The Sixers, are the Sixers a good team in your mind? I would say that the Sixers are a good team. They're not a great team and they're not a bad team, but they're a good team. They're going to be firmly in that four, five, six region when it comes time for the playoffs. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah. I would say so too, because as long as you have Joel Embiid on your team, right, and that's another thing I was about to team. say. We we've talked about it, and we're going to nail it home. Joel Embiid's a top ten guy right now, and if you can count on him for seventy six games or more, hell, seventy two games or more, he's a top five guy. Tobias Harris isn't worth the money he got, but Tobias Harris is easily a top thirty five forty player in this league. Tyrese Maxey surging. They got some pieces around him. Maybe not the pieces of. Ben Simmons's level when he's writing on the floor, but they have a couple of things around them. So, yeah, they're not a bad team. They're not a great team, but they are a good team, and that's definitely a really good win. That's a great win, actually, considering what we didn't have. Yeah, okay. Let's preview the week. On Tuesday, December 21st, we got the Indiana Pacers coming to town. Which is now a TNT game with all of the postponements oh, yeah. and cancellations. It got flexed flex to national TV, so yeah, some more national TV heat basketball. Absolutely. And then on Thursday, but tell me about Thursday. Let's talk about Thursday. Well, Kansas pretty riled up for a, a game against the Detroit Pistons. I don't like this bullshit. I don't like it. I don't like it. We they're coming to our place on Thursday, and we're going to show them what it feels like and what was supposed to happen on Sunday. Because we're not going to yep. miss twelve damn free throws. First of all, second of all, Duncan isn't going to miss thirty-seven shots. Cardio Robinson, I'm. Team Duncan to the death of me. I'm just taking this chance to take a shot at him because I do like the Cardio Robinson thing. That's kind of dope. I don't believe it. I believe that when it comes time for him to be right, which he's starting to show us over these last couple of games, he's going to be right. But the whole Cardio Robinson thing, that's pretty damn funny. You got to admit. Hey, they do say that basketball is, is really good cardio for you, so... Well, especially when you're a guy that plays like Reggie Miller and Steph Curry, meaning you run seven miles to get one shot. Yeah. So on Thursday, they take on the Pistons. So hopefully the Heat give them a nice Christmas gift. because They take on the Pistons, hopefully. No, on Thursday, (laughs) the Miami Heat will pulverize the Detroit Pistons in Miami, FTX Arena, early Christmas present for Miami Heat fans. Book it. I'm sorry, JJ. You can go. Yeah. <laughs> and then they don't, the Miami don't play up until Sunday, December 26th, which they face the Orlando Magic in Miami. Absolutely. It's like a um, – we're looking into a mirror of our last week's schedule, which isn't a terrible thing considering the fact that we're still a little banged up. 
So you hope we get some of our guys back in the coming week. But the fact that we face the Pacers again, the Pistons again, and the Magic again before then actually facing the Wizards again on the 28th isn't that bad because those are four teams that we've beaten. Those are four teams that we've pretty much shown that we should beat. Um, And those are four teams that we know. So I feel good about those games. Um, I hope to get more of our guys back and healthy. But even if we don't. Absolutely, because Jimmy has been out now um, almost going on two weeks with that second tailbone situation on my karate business. So he should be back. Um, But, again, I feel good about those four games. And we plan to come back to you guys um, maybe after the Thursday night game, definitely Friday, depending on JJ's work schedule. He's a busy man. But we'll definitely get back to you guys at the end of this week. Just speaking towards – you know, the next four opponents, their opponents that we've seen recently. So that bodes well for us, especially if we're not healthy, um, as we have been over the last several games. But if we get Jimmy back, definitely. And Tyler should be back because, as I mentioned, he was an active scratch tonight. I say it to say this. If we were playing the Bulls instead of the Pistons, Tyler probably plays. Or if we realize that we're going to miss 12 free throws, Tyler probably plays. That's what I think. Yeah, and Tyler has missed three straight games with what they're calling a quad injury. So maybe Remember, he'll be... He'll, yeah, Kevin Love bumped him in the Cavs game, and he's been out ever since. Yeah, so hopefully he's back this week. Hopefully Jimmy comes back because, as he said, he's coming up in two weeks out with that tailbone injury. And that makes three total because, remember, he missed the week between the Bulls game and the Memphis game where he tried to come back. Yeah, so... Yeah, I just hope that. I mean, we shouldn't even count that game because he he kind of labored out there. Right. Fell and again. He left and then early he just in left. the third quarter. Right. He left early in the third quarter. But you give it, it's two things to that. You give Jimmy all the credit in the world because he came back out, played on it two quarters, and tried to tough it out for a third. But then the second thing, you know that shit hurt because a guy like Jimmy couldn't take it. So, oh, yeah. you know. I mean, he took himself out of the game. So you just know that. That was pretty pretty damn painful, because knowing Jimmy, he'll he'll try to gut it out. But if he had to take himself out, then that was pretty bad. Human nature tells us that we wouldn't hurt ourselves. That's just human nature. Meaning, humans won't bite through their own skin. An example, outside of Jimmy Butler, that fool crazy. He'll bite through his own skin. That's what I mean when I say that. Yeah. So, I think this is a good way to end the the episode. We'll Absolutely. come back to you ten, ten to the tentatively after the Pistons game on Thursday. Spit, spit it out, JJ. <laughs> after the Pistons pulver, the pulverization of the Detroit Pistons. So, with that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Three Hundred Five Culture Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Three Hundred Five Culture Pod. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave a short review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That would really help the show grow. And where can they find you on social media, JJ? They can find me on Twitter at JJ Rivera NBA. That's at JJ Rivera NBA at JJ R-I-V as in Victor E-R-A-N-B-A. And on Instagram, you can find me at J Rivera 98. That's at J-A-I-R-O-R-I-V as in Victor. Once again, E-R-A 98. And where can they find you, my friend? 
On Twitter, you can find me at K said K. That's K underscore S A I D underscore Q U E. Again, K underscore said underscore K. K said K on Twitter and on Instagram, you can find me at I am K Sirius. That's I A M K C I R R U S. Again, I am K Sirius on Instagram. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate your support, and we'll keep coming back to give you episodes whenever we can, twice a week, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for listening to this episode. Happy holidays and see you later in the week.